0: Attention, people who still care. How can we fix our broken financial system that currently favors big banks and powerful corporations to a system that looks out for us average American citizens without using politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, director of national intelligence, Avril Haynes, told the Senate Armed Services Committee today that if the United States defaults on its debt, then both Russia and China would use this to sow doubt about the United States' ability to function as a democracy. But before we get into that, I first want to tell a story about the debt ceiling. Now, it is a limit on the amount of money that the U.S. government is allowed to borrow. It was first introduced in 1917 as a way to finance the U.S. entry into World War I. At that time, Congress had to approve each individual debt issuance by the Treasury Department. So for the Civil War, every time a new bond was issued to pay for soldiers' salaries or to purchase new military equipment, the Congress at that time had to uh, approve of all of these bonds and even had to approve of the interest rates and the loan terms. Now, the U.S. government's borrowing needs grew over time and it became impractical to seek congressional approval for each individual issuance. In 1939, Congress established a debt limit, which gave the Treasury Department the authority to issue debt up to a certain amount without seeking further approval from Congress. Since then, the debt ceiling has been raised numerous times, often with little controversy. However, in recent decades, the debt ceiling has become a major point of contention in Congress. In 2011, the U.S. came very close to defaulting on its debt for the first time in its history. The debate at that time centered around whether to raise the debt ceiling or not with Republicans in Congress insisting on significant spending cuts in exchange for their support of a debt ceiling increase. In the end, a compromise was reached that included some spending cuts, but also a significant increase in the debt ceiling. Now this cost, uh, the Congressional Budget Office at that time said that it cost the United States around $24 billion in, in lost revenue. Now, the compromise was seen as a victory for Republicans at that time, but it did set a precedent for future debt ceiling debates, which happened again in 2013. Uh, The US government shut down for 16 days as a result of a dispute over the debt ceiling. Once again, Republicans in Congress demanded significant spending cuts in exchange for their support of a debt ceiling increase. President Obama and Democrats in Congress refused to agree for these demands. And as a result, the government was shut down that lasted for more than two weeks. So since then, the debt ceiling has been raised several times, often at the last minute, with little agreement on spending cuts or other fiscal policy. And in 2019, there was another big debt ceiling debate. uh, And the U.S. government once again came close to defaulting on its debt and a last-minute agreement was reached to suspend the debt ceiling, uh, which leads us into today and uh, the talk about uh, defaulting on on debt. Now, if the United States does default on debt, it most likely will cause significant harm. In 2011, it cost us about $24 billion in, in lost revenue. Uh, so Avril Haynes, what she said to to Congress to to the Senate hearing uh, today was and I'll, I'll quote it, uh, generally both Russia and China would look to perceive, narrate through information operations such as an event as demonstrating the chaos within the United States that were not capable of functioning as a democracy and the governance issues associated with it. So they and they've done that on a range of things, and that's that's uh, Avril Haines speaking to the Senate Arms uh, Services Committee. So yes, um, defaulting on debt would be horrible uh, for the United States uh, for a number of reasons. When you default on on debt, uh, well, it it uh, makes the standing of the united states around the world less people will be willing to uh, invest in the united states uh, also the the dollar is the backbone of our global economy and if the dollar uh, starts to um, to weaken and to uh, people are, are are having doubts about uh, the united states uh, capable then we can have severe uh, not only global uh, economic impact but the lo- united states would lose its place in in the world as a as a, someone who's able to um uh, to steward the global economy uh, instead uh countries like china and russia would want to sow discord uh in the world and and create an environment where they can ha- clamp down on their population even tighter Okay, so here we are in this this debt ceiling um, debate once again. And uh, once again, it's a Republican-controlled co- uh, Congress with a Democrat uh, president. And I don't blame Republicans for, for using uh, the debt ceiling as a negotiation tool uh, because of their beliefs. Um, Republicans believe that... Uh, the government subsidies these these entitlement programs they call them um, and which they want cut are are the cause the root cause for our economic problems in our country. Uh, they believe that these um, government subsidies create a dependent mindset in our population giving uh, our citizens little incentive to be productive and and work and that is, what they believe and I'm not gonna say that they're right or they're wrong. Um, it's it's a belief and uh, Democrats believe something completely different. Uh, they believe that a government is here uh, to provide a safety net for its citizens and that corporations can't be trusted and we need to regulate them uh, now, Now, both of these sides think this is the root cause for all of our economic problems. And ultimately what they're saying, both Republicans and Democrats, the the reason for our economic problems, the reason for these debt ceiling debates is government response. That that is the root cause for our problems. Um, And I couldn't disagree more. Now, many of us have thought about the way uh, for-profit publicly traded corporations uh, are structured with a corporate bottom line that has this constant pressure of increasing their quarterly profits more so than the last uh, quarter. Uh, Now, what would you think about a theory that says that it's not government response that is the cause for our economic problems, but it's the way publicly traded corporations are designed in the first place? That's that's the root cause for all of these problems. When we have this constant pressure of increasing our quarterly profits, um, then inevitably unethical acts will be committed in order to achieve these higher profits. Exploitative acts, um, uh, paying people less than what they're worth, uh, polluting the environment, um, and, and uh, creating uh, a, a situation where it's all about the the shareholders and the the shareholder bottom line. Now, here's the big problem with this. Now, uh, Republicans think that there's nothing wrong with our corporations. We need to release the regulations and, and let and let things kind of flow naturally. Democrats disagree uh, and say no. We need to do regulations, and because Republicans uh believe that there's nothing wrong with regulations. They have uh, institutionalized uh, our retirement accounts based on corporate bottom line. So all of our retirees are investing in this corporate bottom line, which I believe is the root cause for all of our troubles. So if we now, if we try and um, regulate the corporations, which we do, um, what happens is it gets more expensive to operate as a company. And now, uh, companies are, are 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 losing revenue. There are less publicly traded corporations today than there were twenty years ago. by half and yeah, back back twenty years ago, there were around eight thousand publicly traded corporations. Today, there's around four thousand. Uh, it's a lot of it is attributed to the increased, cost of just operating uh and and every time you have regulations your expenses go up but that doesn't change the pressure to increase your quarterly profits that never goes away so so what do we do how can we uh fix this our our retirees we can't have them go broke they need they've been working very hard we, we need to give them a, another option to break away from this corporate bottom line to to relying on the corporate bottom line for uh, their retirement. So so what do we do? Well, this leads uh, me into our financial tip of the day, which is become a crowd investor. Now, crowd investing is a lot like regular investing where you have debt and equity investing, but it's not tied to the stock market and corporate bottom line. That is the public market. The crowd investing has everything to do with the private market, and it's it's a place where the general public can design new corporations. Uh, before crowd investing was legal, really in 2015 is when it when it became legal. Um, the people who had access to designing corporations and to invest in startup companies were. Uh, the wealthy, the top two percent of income earners, and you know, big banks and large corporations—they were dictating um, the rules of the game. Essentially, with crowd investing uh, and, in particular, equity crowdfunding, you, me, just anybody with as little as hundred dollars can have a say in how companies are formed, uh, and and that's just a, a tip of the iceberg. So. Financial tip of the day, research crowd investments. Go out there, look at equity crowdfunding, look at peer-to-peer lending, look at real estate uh, crowdfunding. All of these are options for people to take away uh, this reliance on uh, this corporate bottom line and this constant pressure to increase quarterly profits and a way to actually uh, improve your own uh, uh, net worth and uh, income earning ability with with crowd investing. Uh, Investment uh, minimums as little as $10 makes it incredibly easy to be diversified. So uh, that's our show for today. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to fix our broken financial system democratically without any protesting or political action, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.